the old adage of location, location, location is now being changed to location, location, lifestyle. Hi, I'm Sean Woolley, Managing Director of Cloud9 Spain, one of the leading real estate companies here on the Costa del Sol. Today, I've asked to speak to you to get to look at a report published by Forbes Global Properties. And this report is about, I think it's 39, 40 pages in length. And it talks about the trends of what they've learned from 2021 in terms of the, the luxury segments worldwide. The first thing I thought I'd ask you is, what was your takeaway from the report? I think that there was nothing surprising in there in terms of what, what we'd seen. But a few points that, that I was interested to almost have confirmation of was the fact that the, there's been a flight of money and investment to bricks and mortar during the uh, during the pandemic year or years if you like people have wanted a, a safe haven for their money but they've also wanted to combine that investment angle with something that can improve their lifestyle another thing that that was interesting was the the profile of the of the buyers in terms of age demographic that sort of thing and how there are more people of a younger a younger age who are now buying the expensive properties so that was quite interesting because I have cer- certain kind of thoughts and, and, and views on that. And just, I guess, about how buyer priorities have changed in terms of what they want. You know, now people would rather, or it seems to be that most people uh, would rather have space and privacy and land and maybe uh, homeworking amenities in their property than they would by having a smaller property, maybe on the beach or nearer amenities. So that, that, that has changed as well. So on, on the point about the, the trend towards younger buyers, my interpretation of this report and, and other ones that I've read isn't that it's changing, is that the previous ones are still there, but it's adding so yeah. that there are there is a younger demographic coming in. And this report said that 75% of luxury buyers are now under the age of 56. Yeah. And that's quite telling because at least here in the Costa del Sol, your typical wealthy Gulf retiree that might go to Zagaleta or Madroñal or somewhere else like that mm-hmm. and was definitely over that age. Is that something in terms of the age that you've experienced? It's interesting because I think we have to separate this into, into two distinct areas. One is primary residence that so you're buying as your own home. Um, and the other one is a secondary home, a secondary residence. And I still think that people who can afford to buy a, say, a multi-million euro second home are more likely to be of a of a more vintage age. Um, so I think the figure that you're that you're throwing around there idly is is more to do with primary residences. The interesting thing is that and one thing from that report of, of two thousand seven hundred and fifty five billionaires, only a hundred and six of those are aged between 25 and 40. So it accounts for only 3.8% of the, of the billionaire buying market, so to speak. The rest are, well, unless there are some under 25, the, the rest are over 40. So they're old codgers like me. And a lot of the, the report was saying that maybe the market, the more important market, particularly for second homes, is that 41 to 56 uh, years of age group, which is the one that we tend to target as well. One of the points that I found also interesting in this is that it talks about the buyers having less patience in waiting for, for their property. So the, the, the demand for turnkey or move-in ready properties is much higher proportionately, and there's less patience from the, the side of the buyers that are not willing to put another year 
uh, on hold of their life and their lifestyle, incorporated with the fact that, again, very written about everywhere. So I'm not, I'm not revealing anything new, and nor is the report in terms of this idea that remote working obviously is blurring the lines of primary and secondary residents. But one of the cool expressions that I heard in this report that I hadn't heard before is that the term Zoom rooms. And that is that houses having this, you know, as a must, having a space for an office mm. as, as one of the top prerequisites, something that perhaps wasn't the case two years ago. It's really interesting, isn't it? When I looked at the report's top six kind of wish list of, of features for a property now, it's number one is space. Uh, number two is workspace. Number three is privacy and security. Number four is ready now. Number five, pools and fitness. And number six, garden and terraces. And I mean, the reason I moved last year was because I was trying to trying to run two businesses from my kitchen table in an apartment. And it it got to a point where it was like, hang on a minute, this is this is crazy, because I wasn't using my office, and I was working from home. And so one of the reasons for moving to a to a villa for me was to create my own office space. And now I have. I have uh, work colleagues come and meet me here. I do a lot of Zoom work like this. I have clients come sometimes, drop in and you know say hello, and we, we do a lot of our work here. So, yeah, that's that's been a huge factor. And I think also what you what you mentioned about people not wanting to wait. You're absolutely right. It's, we, we all know how long eighteen months, two years feels now because we've lived through that that amount of time with this pandemic over our heads. And I think people just want to get on with their lives, whether it's to fly and see relatives or just to, ha- to own a holiday home and enjoy their life. So I think the, the only thing we're noticing is that there's a lack of, of stock, particularly in the, in the, the high end of the market, in, particularly in Marbella, that there's a lack of, of good stock that's available now. So you either have to go off plan or do it yourself, or you have to renovate, which again, takes a little bit of time. But that's why we're seeing older properties being bought that people can renovate within maybe six months, because it's still a heck of a lot shorter time than waiting two years for something that's not even out of the ground yet so there's all these little kind of stresses on the market you know people don't want to wait but they're having to to get the stock in the right area that a they can afford and b that they want and i think also like you mentioned you know the workspace is is very important i I was speaking to a few agents the other day who were saying workspace and home gym they're the two big things at the moment the the home cinema kind of thing is as gone down the list uh, it used to be all the rage and i want you know i've got to have a home cinema with dolby surround sound or whatever it was at the time and those days are gone i think because uh, audiovisual stuff now the equipment is so high tech you know you can effectively have your home cinema in your lounge a few surround speakers and stuff like that and you're off so yeah it's interesting how the the home gym and the office has taken over in terms of the uh, the thing things on top of the wish list so the overriding feedback that I got from the report was that the rich have got richer. That's something that we've been saying <laughs> yeah. along. It's yeah. supported by fact and figures throughout. So I don't think it's any secret, but I find it interesting the statistic that over the past year, there's been 1.2 million more high net worth individuals. In yeah, the world. I saw that. I saw that. And that high net worth individual is someone, according to this report, someone who has investable assets of a million dollars or more not counting their their primary residence so pretty liquid cash or investments that they can they can invest i think there's been a flight of money to, as i said at the start to there's been a flight of money to bricks and mortar particularly as we come into maybe an inflationary cycle in the economy i think that what people are after is that safe investment 
okay, there may be a little dip here and there along in, you know, in any in any market, but ultimately you would expect if you hold on to that property for five or 10 years that at least you get your money back. But also the fact that that, that same investment can also offer people that wonderful lifestyle now. And I think there's this, this blur between primary and secondary home ownership. A lot of people who, who have come over here looking at, at buying second homes, they're actually spending more and more time here and they're moving the whole family over here. So it might be that, again, not meaning to be sexist, but a husband might be commuting from, from Sweden or the UK, but the, the family and the wife are very happily ensconced in a, a luxury villa in Marbella. The kids go to local private schools. Everyone's happy. They're playing around in the sunshine. And, and so it's a, it's a lifestyle that actually suits people now, particularly if the, the breadwinner can, can work from home. And it's interesting that report also mentioned, you know, that the, the old adage of location, location, location is now being changed to location, location, lifestyle, that it's not all about location. Now, there are other things that people are considering. I mean, I, I ended up in a location that, that hasn't been particularly popular for the last decade, because it's a little bit far away, but now it's hugely popular. Where I am, there's 14 villas being built at the moment because people want the privacy, the the security, the space, all those things, which I want. So, you know, it's, it's interesting how it creates different markets in different different areas for, for different people, really. So in many ways, you are the, an example of what they're talking about in this report. Yeah, I just wish I had all the money. There seems yep. to be more... More, more facts, and more trends, and more things in common globally in the on the on the wealthy side of things mm-hmm. with the market here than what yeah. you might see on a on a report about Spain's prices or increases or <laughs> stocks or anything. Like yeah, that. because who actually cares about Spain's prices? If you're buying a property in Marbella, you're not really buying in Spain. You're buying in a luxury market, and it's very, very particular. My point being is that this uh, report from Forbes Global Properties seems to resonate more here mm. with the market conditions here than some of the national reports I've read in the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. But unfortunately, a lot of the, the overseas media would, will use the national reports to tackle an agenda that they, they may have, whether it be, oh, properties are on the slide in, in Marbella or there's going to be a boom, you know, so, oh, don't buy. You know, people will always make a new story out of a statistic. And like you say, those statistics really don't bear relevance or too much relevance on the market that we have here on the Costa del Sol.